Hello and welcome back. The Coup Method is an approach to communicating effectively that connects your beliefs, values and aspirations with those of the people you want to engage. If you want to influence your audience towards making a decision to take action, you want to provide an answer to the question, why? You know, why would I do that? You'll want to provide a reason. Not all people are moved in the same way. In this session, we're going to explore three ways in which you can apply reason to your argument. Reason, persuasion, getting people to believe that the future state you are aiming to achieve is the right one. For millennia, some human beings have been interested in what works when it comes to motivating action in others. There's the classic, you know, carrot or stick approach. If you go in this direction, I'll give you a lovely crunchy carrot, or go in this direction, or I'll give you a whack. These two choices are common today in parenting, employee motivation, and international diplomacy. And they have their limitations. Now, I don't like carrots, and if you touch me with that stick, you are going to regret it. With the advent of complex language and civilised society, the great thinkers of antiquity were able to classify different modes of persuasive argument. Aristotle documented these in a work entitled Rhetoric. The three eternal modes of persuasion are ethos, pathos, and logos. There's a fourth, kairos, which is about opportunity, presented by time, place, and circumstances, but I'll leave that one for another session. A reason based on ethos is an appeal based on the authority or credibility of the speaker. A reason based on pathos is an appeal based on emotion. A reason based on logos is an appeal based on logic, on the almost mathematical processing of evidence and data to arrive at the right answer. Different modalities have greater and lesser impact depending on your audience. Your talent will be to choose the right one or the right combination of reasons to win the hearts and minds of your audience. To choose a, a very global example, there has been a shift in the way that climate change is being spoken about. Now, whatever your beliefs, you'd have to accept that more people, institutions and governments are factoring in the impact of certain decisions and action on climate. Contextual factors such as rising temperatures, more extreme weather, increased incidence and ferocity of droughts, storms and fires cannot be ignored. There's widespread acceptance that the climate is changing. Arguments about whether it's man-made or natural will be left aside in this example. Depending on who you talk to, the aims vary. The Paris Agreement's long-term temperature goal is to keep the increase in global average temperature to well below 2 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels. Some believe it must be limited to 1.5 degrees. Some people believe that's now impossible and the aim should be about the minimisation of the inevitable harm that will be done to habitats, communities and to markets. It's contentious and it's complex and we're going to be debating different measures for a long time to come. But in this session, I'll demonstrate the difference between using ethos, pathos and logos to support a reasonable aim. Let's say keeping temperatures to below two degrees above pre-industrial levels. The ethical argument is that there is general agreement in the global community that this is essential. August bodies, such as the United Nations, the Intergovernment 
Panel on Climate Change, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, except the evidence provided by the international scientific community that action to achieve that target is necessary. People who are highly respected in their community, in their age group or their industry, from Greta Thunberg to David Attenborough, people are raising their voices and demanding coordinated action. There is a growing movement and this has persuasive power. The power of ethos is the authority given by widespread acceptance of a perspective amongst people with credibility. It's not ethic in the sense that it's necessarily moral. It is ethical because from, say, the speaker's perspective, it is the right thing to do. It meets the accepted criteria of the people, the community, of this time and of this place. Pathos is the argument based on emotion. The footage of a starving polar bear, underscored by melancholy music, tugs at the heartstrings. Stories of coastal communities forced to flee rising floodwaters, or farming communities broken by drought, fire and floods. These images resonate in a different part of the brain. For some, the impact of climate change on people and animals is a stronger motivator than a, a conversation between David Attenborough and the IMF's Christine Lagarde. I'm not saying you need to use only one strategy. Together, they may be more powerful. For some, logic is most effective. At present, Earth is the only planet on which life as we know it exists. Life is sustained by relatively stable, albeit they cyclical or seasonal environments. Humanity has evolved and survives in a period of relative stability. Our best scientific research tells us that environmental stability has been undermined by rising temperatures that appear to be the result of human activity. If humanity's contribution to destabilizing increases in global temperatures continues unabated, we face climate events that will cause environmental turmoil which will be followed by social upheaval, which will undermine the stability of nations, of economic communities. The cost of this upheaval cannot be calculated, but it will be astronomical. It does not make sense to do nothing to limit temperature rises. At this point, you can combine ethos, pathos and logos. If you believe that you'll be okay and do not care about the well-being of people outside your community or the people who will come after you, if you care nothing for your children's children, you may choose to do nothing or support activity that makes things even worse. But that's not us. It does not make sense to do nothing. Now, forgive me if that example got a bit heavy or preachy. Um, there are outstanding leaders with far more authority to speak on this topic than I. That was in, intended to be an example. But the takeaway is this. If your audience respects authority, social mores, belonging to a community of accepted values, make sure your reason includes an ethical argument. If your audience values people or animals, if they're connected to their emotions, use pathos. If your audience values reason, if they need a structured and well-supported argument to be convinced, use Logos. And if your audience is a combination of all three, combine all three. Use the action learning exercise to explore your options. Why? First, all the great communicators from Aristotle to David Attenborough knew that 
Rhetoric was the key to being persuasive. That's why. Or second, your capacity to achieve great things for you and the people you care about, for the people who look to you for leadership, for direction, for protection. Your capacity to achieve greatness will grow. That's why. Third, it makes sense. If you made it to this session in the course, you clearly have an appetite to be more effective. If you master rhetoric, you master persuasion. You can't master anything without actively exploring, testing and refining your approach. So doing the action learning makes sense. That's why. As I mentioned, the climate conversation is likely to continue for the rest of our lives. While there may be agreement on the context, right? the climate is changing, and there may be growing agreement that the, the need to limit the rise to two degrees is the aim, the application of logos, pathos, and ethos doesn't change anything. Action is necessary. Decisive action. And that is what we'll explore in the next session. I recommend J. Heindrich's Thank You for Arguing, published in 2007, for a more extensive explanation of rhetoric and its applications. The list is in our reference materials and also on the page below. Bye for now.